You're doing business in an app-driven, multi-cloud world. You want to build and run your apps on your choice of clouds, and you need to manage all those clouds as easily as one. With VMware cross-cloud services, you've got options. That's because VMware delivers the multi-cloud choice, security, and control you need to accelerate innovation, deliver great apps, and drive business forward. VMware, the smarter way to cloud. Learn more at vmware.com. A binge-worthy show about Jesus? The Chosen Season 3 is here. Come and see what the buzz is about. The Chosen explores the imperfect and messy relationships of real humans following Jesus. The first six episodes are available now. Stream each new episode for free. Plus, watch exclusive content like the After Show, only in the new Chosen app. Download the Chosen app on mobile and TV streaming devices. Visit BingeJesus.com to learn more. you'll really like. He's colossal, stupendous. One might even go so far as to say he's mediocre. This is our Signal Storm Podcast. You all might notice a theme this week in the Salcedo Storm Podcast. I'm going to be focusing on threats to the United States, threats to the American people and their freedom from the extremist left, whether they be in communist China or whether they be in the White House. It's going to be a focus because I think there's coordination between the communists in China and the communists in the United States and in particular in the White House. I think because of the influence of the depraved, genocidal, racist, sick SOBs who run communist China. I think it is their influence over leftists in our own government, which has dimmed our future and the future of the world. I'm not being rhetorical on this. There are, in our lifetimes, there are very few inflection points that we can point to and say, there, there it is. And I think this convergence of the worldwide left and the surrender of the United States under socialist Democrats to these ideals that are anti-American. I think it is the reason why this country and this world is a much darker place. Let me just, and I touched base on this bits and pieces last week. Everything that is wrong with illegal immigration, you guys know what's wrong with the Democrats' promotion of illegal immigration, whether it be the the illicit guns, whether it be the sex trafficking, whether it be the Democrats importing a whole bunch of know-nothings who have uh, no devotion to the Constitution, no, no devotion to freedom, importing them in, say, vote for Democrat because, you know, vote for Democrats because we, we don't believe in freedom either, and you're not used to freedom, so vote for us. You know, we're, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll give you everything that uh, all the rich in America have. Never stopping to consider why people became rich, why people became wealthy, why, why we covet freedom so much in this country. But there's another aspect I really want you guys to focus on. Communist China. Communist China has, among its many crappy exports, the, the ingredients for fentanyl. And they export fentanyl as part of a, an intentional attack on the United States. 
want you guys to do me a favor and look up Opium Wars. The Opium Wars, check out the history there, and then you will see why communists over in communist China are unleashing fentanyl on the United States of America. And look, you've got Joe Biden and the Democrat Party who's saying, okay, what do you want us to do, China? China says, leave the borders open so we can get as as much of this poison into the veins of the United States as possible. And Beijing Biden and the Democrat Party, they salute. They say, yes, sir. Yes, yes, sir, Winnie the Pooh. Yes, sir, Xi Jinping. And the amount of fentanyl that came through in one month last year was enough to kill every man, woman, and child in the United States. That's just a fact. It's just a fact. And the amount of fentanyl that came in in the entirety of the year was enough to kill every man, woman, and child in the United States several times over. Now, this is a revenue stream for communist China. This, they make money on this. So they tell Beijing Biden, keep the borders open because we need to make money. And here's what it costs the United States. Just 110,000 American lives. Now, there are some Democrats out there that you will meet that will say, hey, that's well worth it to keep our friends over in communist China happy because, frankly, they as Democrats are communists. They as Democrats love and covet the racist, genocidal, inhuman, barbaric regime that is communist China. And you have to ask yourself why. A lot of Democrats, including Barack Hussein Obama, look at the power that communist China has over its people and they go, man, I wish we had that. I wish that anybody who opposed me, I could just wipe out, just take off the face of the planet. That's the mindset of the modern day Democrat Party. No longer Americans, no longer believing in free speech. And folks, Joe Biden has opened up the borders to enrich communist China, killing Americans. China is a massive threat, and they have allies in the United States. And China is a massive threat, not only to our people culturally, but also militarily. We'll talk about that coming up next on the Salcedo Storm podcast. And now a word from our sponsor. A liberty-loving American takes on Washington, Hollywood, and the whole media establishment. He's Chris Salcedo. Join his fight. Tune in to The Chris Salcedo Show every weekday afternoon on Newsmax. Do you ever wonder what it would be like to trust that where you get your news is accurate and pro-citizen? Well, Texas Scorecard has you covered. We give you real news for real Texans. Go to TexasScorecard.com today. Folks, want to get to our guest. Hung Kao is a senior advisor to Polaris National Security is the Vice President for Navy and Marine Corps Programs at CACI International and is a Navy veteran dedicated 25 years to serving special operations with multiple combat deployments. Hung was uh, the 2022 Republican nominee for Virginia's 10th Congressional District. Sir, welcome to the Salcedo Storm Podcast. Chris, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, Morgan Ortegas is... uh, is uh, b- we're big fans of hers and that you're or- uh, joining her organization is is really, really cool. So I was really uh, looking forward to talking to you guys. Look, uh, some of the big news that's coming out today, and from my understanding, you just sat down from a meeting you were hearing the Secretary of the Navy talk about, and I want to pick your brain on that. 
But first, let's talk about what was making headlines today. Officially, the military dropped the vaccine mandate for our our service members. And as you know, it was being used as a mechanism to expunge our uh, our armed services from some highly trained, highly qualified, patriotic people. What's your take on all this? Well, it comes a little too late, right? I mean, because a lot of these guys had to get out. One of my classmates from the Naval Academy was one of the top Commodores, so commander of an air group uh, in the Atlantic Fleet. And he, you know, he was number one guy. He was well on his way to being an admiral. But they said he had to get a vaccine mandate. And he had his blood drawn because he already got COVID. And they tested his immunity versus his flight surgeon who was already vaccinated and boosted and he had twice the amount of immunity this guy had but they still forced him to get a a vaccine so he said you know what i'm, I'm done so he got out so we lost a good future admiral uh that would have led the navy into different uh you know fight for the 22nd century yeah and then whereas uh, also a lot of the operators had to get out one of my friends is a uh, mass chief who had to retire as a senior chief he was at seal team six for the longest time and he had to retire as an, uh, an E8 instead of E9 and, you know, kind of drummed out. And then another guy uh, that worked for me, he was the sailor of the year twice and we, we got him promoted to chief petty officer. Then I uh, got him converted to be a chief, uh, uh, an officer and he's well on his way to being a leader, but they made him retire. Which, uh, because he didn't serve 10 years as an officer, he had to go revert back to enlisted. But because he didn't serve three years as a chief petty officer, he had to revert back to an E6. So, you know, it's just one of those things. That, how do you unring the bell when stuff like that happens? It's true. And, you know, the, the ignoring of the science that said that natural immunity was superior to anything the vaccines were giving is, is a joke. And they, they claim these, the, the left-wingers who are in charge of the military now and who are in charge of this government, they claim to be of the science, but the science says something completely different. I guess the science they're talking about is political science, not actually medical science. Um, what do you make uh, of the woke agenda that has been introduced into the United States military? We may not have capable admirals or capable uh, officers or enlisted people, but we do have cadets that are walking around in high heels. We do have these... Uh, these symposiums that the, the, the members of the military are supposed to take, telling them how all white people are bad. And what do you make of this whole woke agenda? You know, there used to be a time when, for example, in the Marine Corps, everybody's a shade of green, right? It doesn't matter who you are. You're, you're a shade of green. You're a dark green Marine. You're a light green Marine. Whatever it is, you're a Marine. And now we're, we're you know, you're differentiating people. Well, it's a he, she, it's a they, them. I mean, I don't have time to be teaching that. We need to be making sure our military is prepared. We had ships that ran into other ships in the uh, South Pacific, right? For example, the USS McCain and the USS Fitzgerald, you know, losing 11 uh, sailors. Mm -hmm. And then recently we almost had a near collision between the USS uh, Momsen and USS Harper's Ferry. Two, two big ships, and we need ships. You know, we need, we're about to go into a, a war against uh, China if we go into a, an incursion against them. We need every ship we have. And, you know, they say size doesn't matter, but it sure helps. Yeah. We need the right kind of ships also. No kidding. As a matter of fact, our ships, we have a smaller navy now than communist China, which makes no sense to me. I know that our ship, that it's not a one-to-one -one ratio because their ships are not as superior as ours, but they're catching up fast. Folks, we're talking to, to, to Hung Kao. He's a senior advisor at Polaris National Security. That's going to lead me to the border. And I know that tip, uh, be, uh, our, our military members don't typically have 
uh, jurisdiction over the border. That's Border Patrol. It's mostly civilian. But with this current regime that we have in charge in Washington, <laughs> it's, a, it's just a different story. I can imagine our members of the military looking down at that border and seeing a real and significant national security threat. What do you see when you see over 6 million illegal aliens, the fentanyl, the guns, the sex trafficking? What do you see? Well, first of all, there's a lot of nefarious things that go across the border right now. Uh, It's been going on for a while, but it's gotten worse. Uh, So in 2005, uh, so that's during President Bush's second inauguration, I was on the border with the FBI looking for a possible nuclear weapon that was being smuggled across by three Chinese um, uh, scientists. So that was in 2005. Imagine what's going through now. Back then we had a semi-secure border, but today when people are just walking across and with everything like fentanyl, right? I mean, it takes a microgram of fentanyl to kill a human being. So why are we not saying that that's a weapons mass destruction? Because if you take fentanyl and you take a few teaspoons of it and you put it in a drone and fly over a... uh, a stadium, you can kill every single man, woman, and child with just a few teaspoons of fentanyl. Yeah. And so why are we not looking at that as a clear and present threat to the United States by the cartels and then now aided by the Chinese who are importing the the fentanyl by the boatloads to South America? Yeah, we are. We, we take it seriously. It's this current government that doesn't. And you said something that uh, this is the first I'm hearing of three Chinese scientists who tried to smuggle a nuclear device into the United States on the southern border. Uh, What is the excuse of our government knowing that that has been the conduct of communist China since 2005? Why did we not begin back then decoupling uh, our supply chains and uh, uh, basically trying to separate ourselves and protect ourselves from the malfeasance of China to where we are today? Why didn't Bush start that? You know, a lot of things get uh, riled into this, the um, the trade, right? Oh, well, it's cheaper over there. Well, it's cheaper over there for a reason because they pretty much have slave labor. But, you know, it's cheaper over there, but the quality is not as good. But also you got to understand that a lot of the high-end things we cannot export out. Uh, under Obama, we stopped all, we closed down all the foundries that built all the microchips, mm-hmm. and so now we're dependent on Taiwan, which builds 50% of the world's microchips, but also 92% of the world's high-end chips, which goes into our weapon systems. And so that becomes an, a national security issue. Why are we not building more foundries over here and expediting the uh, manufacture of, of microchips for our high-end weapons and also for your Teslas if you you want to drive one of those things in the right. wintertime. Right, I get it. I get you. You know what? I want to get to that in 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 uh, the next question, but one more. A million gotaways at the, at the U.S.-Mexico border. One more question about the border. A million gotaways. We don't know whether they're MS-13 gang members. We don't know whether they are foreign military. We don't know whether they are uh, radicalized Islamic fundamentalist terrorists. In your national security opinion, has Joe Biden and the Democrat Party made our country less safe with a million foreign nationals and we have no idea who they are? Absolutely. So back in the days, back in the 80s, 90s, we called them SIA, special interest aliens, or other than Mexicans, they call them Odoms. The special interest aliens are the people not from South America. So we're talking about Yemen, China, uh, Nigeria. Remember, none of those live in the southern border. Now today, there's more than, you know, 
20% that are coming through through their southern border that are special interest aliens Pakistan, and they're not yeah. here yeah they're not here for for good things right they're not here because of uh, right. freedoms or anything else and so that's what we need to be worried about then don't forget down in Trinidad Tobago that those tiny little islands on the off of uh, uh, Venezuela um, that was the number two per capita supplier of ISIS in the world I didn't know and, that yeah, so Trinidad Tobago had the number two per capita of ISIS fighters um, that came from there, and so those are people in our southern border, and we need to be worried about that. And don't forget about the Sao Paulo Forum; they've basically turned all of South America into communists or socialists, and so we we have a clear and present danger on our southern border. Hung Kao is our guest right now, folks. He's a senior advisor to Polaris National Security. He works with Morgan Ortegas, uh, one of the favorites here in the Salcedo Storm podcast. So, so Hung, I want to. To, to ask you, you just got out of a meeting, you sat down, you came home, and you started talking to me on the podcast. What did uh, the, the Navy secretary in this meeting that you were at, what did he have to say? Well, one of the things we, uh, the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway was he was naming the next uh, uh, guided missile destroyer, USS um, Thomas Kelly, which is named after a riverine, uh, so the river gunboats from uh, Vietnam. Mm-hmm. I, I, I had the honor of being one of the leaders of uh, the riverine squadrons. I was the executive officer of the squadron that that did the last combat deployment in Iraq. But uh, you know, named after a a Vietnam uh, Medal of Honor recipient, so that's awesome. But we need more ships, uh, you know, out there. We need the right kind of ships. We need the guided missile destroyers, not the littoral combat ships, which have no armament, which the skin is so thin it's made of aluminum. So you can literally shoot through it with a uh, 50 caliber or even a 7.62 high-powered rifle. You can mm. ship, uh, shoot through the um, hull of the ship. We need strong, robust ships like the uh, Arleigh Burke destroyer in order to go against the Lu Yang and the Jinkai, which are the uh, Chinese frigates and the uh, destroyers, which have the, a golden eye weapon system that can take down our you know, our aircrafts from 200 nautical miles out. And so uh, one of the things uh, Secretary Del Toro said, which kind of made me take a, a step back, was, hey, we have to either choose to arm the Ukrainians or arm our U.S. Navy. And that's a uh, pretty pointed uh you know comment from the secretary of navy well what what did was he saying that saying that we don't have enough armaments right now to go around and we're not producing enough armaments and was he lamenting this or was he just trying to say hey folks get ready uh we're going to arm the ukrainians and we're going to leave america defenseless how was he saying those words so we have a supply chain issue right we just talked about the the microchip problem for the high-end weapon systems there's you know, you only make so many biscuits a year. You can you get you choose to give the biscuits away, or you you, you keep it for yourself. And so we need the high end chips in order to put on our weapon systems. And that's I think the issue he's having is that we don't have the armaments for the SM6, uh, which is the standard missile six uh, weapon systems. You know, these are the things we need for our navy to go against the high end Chinese uh, threat. Yeah, and so let's let's talk about that. Um, I want to talk about this that what we know about the strength of China's military that, by the way, we're financing, which is is just absolutely absurd. But I want to get get your take on the Ukraine war and the threat to Taiwan. They are linked because of the semiconductors, the microchips you and I have been talking about. Uh, as Ukraine produces 90% of the world's high-end neon that is used in the manufacture of the high-end microchips that are manufactured in Taiwan that we've been making mention of. So... In my view, you would have to be a complete idiot, a complete moron to put 
all of our nat- such a, a vital national security interest on borders with with enemy states like Russia and like China. But that's precisely what our elected officials did. And either they're colossally stupid or they have set us up to have to defend and go to war to protect our national vital interests, national interests. Where do you land? <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's a um, that's a loaded question only because, you know, yes, the, the public sentiment is like, oh, my gosh, the poor Ukrainians, which you, we I feel horribly for the, the Ukrainian people because they get caught in the middle. But, you know, the Ukrainian government's not exactly the most uh, prim and proper and clean, clean government. I mean, remember in 2016, everybody was uh, accusing the Ukrainians of hacking into our our, uh, our uh, election system. Yep. You know, and, and a lot of uh, a lot of the money laundering happens over there, right? Uh, don't forget Burisma, you know, what happened with Hunter and everything else. All that stuff happened in Ukraine. And so we need to make sure that, uh, you know, we protect our assets uh, through uh, manufacture in the United States and, and to be able to secure the uh, the natural resources we need in, in Ukraine, in Africa. You know, we, we don't invest enough over there a lot of the natural resources that the chinese need to build um some of these chips also are in, in africa and they're they're all over the place in africa just basically uh, saying hey you know what do you need you want a palace we'll build it in three days and and we'll just give us the rights to your mines uh give us the right to your ports right in tebe now falls under the chinese the uh the panama canal falls under chinese i know i'm talking about south america but the panama canal falls under chinese also yeah i get it I know it's it scares the living daylights out of me. And again, I'm not happy that the United States of America has to defend our net, our vital interests in Ukraine. I'm not even though I, I I love Taiwan because they are they are free people. And I think that we have a lot in common with them and we should endeavor to keep them free. But again, whose big idea was to put our net, our, our vital national security interests in harm's way? Unless they were trying to maneuver us into a war. And if you don't want to, I, I just, I, I can't see any other explanation for that. Either that or they were colossally stupid. So you and I both can agree that defending our semiconductors is vital to the future of the United States of America. We cannot allow the semiconductor markets to fall to Russia and China, that axis of oppression. No, you're absolutely right. And also, don't forget that a uh, you know because the Russians and the Chinese are so tied together that that what affects one affects the other. So us being able to defeat the Russians uh, does have a, a secondary effect on the Chinese as well. So you know, for right now, in order to protect the the semiconductor uh, business uh, industry as well as protect the Ukrainian people, our our investment into that war you know, is causing a lot of uh, damage to the Russians and the Chinese as well. As you and I are speaking, by the way, we're talking to Hung Kao. He is a senior advisor for Polaris National Security. Uh, let me just ask you that that, uh, that the, the strength of communist China's military and their ability to project power and challenge the United States. We just had 65 Democrats vote against investigating the attacks on the world in the United States conducted by China. They don't want the Democrats don't want an investigation into their friends in communist China. How big a threat is China to us? And what do you make of Democrats who want to bury America's head in the sand 
until it's too late about the threat that China poses. I always wondered myself what the America, uh, the United States was thinking on December 6th, 1941, you know, before the, the Japanese uh, bomb Pearl Harbor. Mm-hmm. And and it's almost in the same place. You know, we, we kind of bury ourselves, uh, our heads in the sand going, no, no, they're never going to attack us. It's going to affect, it's going to affect so many things in the world. And well, you know, we are, here we are in December of 1941. Are, are we going to be re- prepared? Is is the United States going to be ready to stand up to to a possible threat to our national security, uh, you know, on the following day? Right. And so, again, give us give us the threat. You've already outlined a couple of the heart. You you have an intimate knowledge, apparently, of what of what China uses technologically speaking of their military hardware. Uh, most of it they've ripped off from us, uh, courtesy of the Democrat Party, including their stealth technology. So. So tell me, how capable are they? So, you know, first of all, they ripped it off through by hacking. And also, not only that, don't forget, there's 300,000 Chinese students over here in our universities. If just 0.1% of them, so, you know, let's just say 300 of them are spies, they're in our national universities. And guess who's doing a lot of the research we're doing for DOD? We, we send it out to Stanford. We send out M- M- MIT and all these other high-end schools that are doing the research for them. And, and the, yes, the professors might have the, the clearance to, to understand what they're doing, but the, the graduate students don't. And they, these are the guys working on the, uh, the research, and so they're able to pass through a lot of the information that way as well. Um, but you know their threat the threat's real I mean they have the Jinkai like I said uh, and the Lu yang uh, they are the high-end uh, destroyers and uh, and frigates as well as the uh, the j30 aircraft right I mean their their stealth aircraft that's uh, that has a lot of our components in it or a lot of our plans and so we, we need to be very worried and again they're able to build these things quickly they're build, building these you know with I mean practically slave labor right and you, you if you don't work then I guess you get uh, welded into your home yeah I said yeah yeah and, and allowed and your home is allowed to burn down uh, under the guise of the China virus okay so that that answers a lot of questions uh, we used to have a 10 to 20 year superiority in technology over communist China and frankly over the Russians. Do we have that anymore? I don't think so because a lot of things are being tied back to China. A lot of things are being, you know, we, we, we outsource things, which, you know, it might be a dummy Chinese company. It could be anything, but also they're hacking our systems. You know, the cyber warfare, that's the next level war. When we go into the next level war, it's going to be all domain, right? It's going to be satellites. It's going to be cyber. It's going to be hypersonics. And they're able to rip a lot of these things off. And again, for those that don't understand what a hypersonic weapon is, we, we are developing one. It's called the con- conventional prompt strike, which goes Mach 17. So to give you an idea, you can fl- fly that thing from D.C. To, to San Diego, and it'll make it there in 16 minutes. Uh, that's how fast a hypersonic weapon goes, and so we're they're ripping a lot of our technology off. They're ripping a lot of our our uh, our um, uh, you know our research off through academia, through through by hacking our systems, and uh, you know they, they're able to produce these things very quickly as well. Yeah, you know, folks, and the reason why hypersonics are so dangerous and formidable is because when it's going that fast, it's that it's exponentially harder to shoot it down. You can't have something that's on an intercept course to be able to intercept something that's going that fast. Mach 17 is just 
it's just blazing, blazing fast. Um, last thing I want you to comment on, if you would, uh, Hung Cal. He is a senior advisor to Polaris National Security. It's come out in recent days that uh, a man I call Beijing Biden, uh, beca- <laughs> because uh, most Americans, and I believe this as well, as most Americans do, believe he is compromised by our communist enemy. Uh, it has turned out that he has kept several classified documents in his possession illegally from his time as vice president. He didn't have the clearance to do so, but he did it anyway in violation of our laws. Any takeaways that you have uh, after what President Trump had gone through? I know. And, and the former president had the authority to do that, uh, you know, yep. but the vice president does not. And so, you know, are they going to raid uh, his home in Delaware or, or what are they going to do? You know, <laughs> uh, but it's it's interesting that this was discovered on November 2nd, which is six days before the midterm elections. And it was held under wraps until now. And so that's that's kind of a one of those things where I, uh, you know, we like to say the weaponization of the Department of Justice, uh, and that happened while during his uh, his tenure as the vice president as well. Actually, probably back in the Clinton years, because remember Clinton had those dossiers on all the, uh, yep. all the uh, their, their opponents, and so again, it's illegal for us to collect on American citizens uh, for unless you have a warrant. Uh, that's one of those things where the intelligence community is not allowed to do that. Uh, I know that some of this is done by the FBI, but again, the intelligence community is not allowed to do that. And part of the FBI uh, is also in the IC with the inter- uh, intelligence community. So we need to decouple that and make sure that the the Department of Justice is there to do what it's supposed to do, which is, uh, you know, follow law and enforce the law. Well, you know, I, I lied. I have one more question for you because I'm, I, I know you guys there at Polaris, you guys are always thinking about defending the United States of America. Uh, the, the Democrats, in my estimation, have given away our technological advantage over our, our enemies and adversaries around the globe. What is the number one thing, other than electing more competent and pro-American politicians, what is the number one thing the United States should be doing to ensure that we can maintain our way of life against the, uh, the people like China, against Russia, against Iran, that axis of oppression I mentioned earlier? Well, we need to motivate the American public, right? I mean, uh, right now we're, we're, we're saying it's bad to say that you, um, you're, you're a nationalist or you're, you're, it's bad to, to have so much pride in this country. We need to have pride in America. I mean, this is the greatest country in the world. Why else would all these millions of people come here? In fact, I came here. I was a refugee from Vietnam. We came here for opportunity. And we understand how amazing this country is. We need to put, put back the sense of pride because nothing can overcome the American spirit. The American spirit's what led us to to win two world wars and save Europe twice. It's the American spirit that allowed us to to invent the airplane and put a man on the moon. It's the American spirit that's allowed us to to revolutionize and lead the world in so many things. Let's bring back the national spirit. Let's bring back pride in America, and let's you know put put this country first and American families always. Amen to that. Hung Cow is a senior advisor at Polaris National Security. Sir, thanks for the service to the country and an enlightening conversation. We appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. That's going to put a wrap on this Salcedo Storm podcast. Do me a favor, my friends. Visit chrissalcedo.com. You can 
Drop me an email, drop me a voicemail there, book me for a speech there. You can also follow the Chris Salcedo shows on AM 700 KSEV, the voice of Texas. There's an app for that, so you can hear it all over the country. Also check out the Chris Salcedo show on Newsmax, 4 o'clock Eastern until 5, Monday through Friday. I also want you guys to pay a visit to texasscorecard.com. Texasscorecard.com. That goes for those inside of the state of Texas and outside of the state of Texas. Guaranteed. If Texas is battling it here, you're battling it where you are. And if Texas is getting it right, it could be inspiration to get it right where you are. In your liberty-loving Latino's opinion, everybody around the country can benefit from knowing what's going on in the state of Texas. Until we visit again, my friends, remember this. A society's worth isn't measured by how much power is stolen by an out-of-control government, but rather how much power is reserved for you and me. We, the people. See ya. Come out to Rodeo Austin March 10th through 25th for a real Texas experience. Featuring Pro Rodeo, Austin's largest carnival, family fun, and live music. Enjoy performances by Ryan Bingham, Flo Rida, Ramon Ayala, Lainey Wilson, and more. Tickets are on sale now at RodeoAustin.com. Your ticket purchase helps grow the next generation of Texas kids. Sponsored by Coors Banquet, H-E-B, Holt Cat, Texas First Rentals, and The Grass Patch. Rodeo Austin. It takes grit to grow the next generation. Come out to Rodeo Austin March 10th through 25th for a real Texas experience. Featuring Pro Rodeo, Austin's largest carnival, family fun, and live music. Enjoy performances by Ryan Bingham, Flo Rida, Ramon Ayala, Lainey Wilson, and more. Tickets are on sale now at RodeoAustin.com. Your ticket purchase helps grow the next generation of Texas kids. Sponsored by Coors Banquet, H-E-B, Holt Cat, Texas First Rentals, and The Grass Patch. Rodeo Austin. It takes grit to grow the next generation.